This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Hello, everybody. My name is Adam Ritz, and you are on board with The Adam Ritz Show. And Jay Baker is joining me on the phone. Hi, Jay. How's it going? It is going great, Adam. We are heading into my favorite time of the year. Well, this is our first uh, show of a new month, the month of June. With uh, We are inching one day closer and closer to the official start of summer. I always enjoy that Memorial Day weekend is the unofficial start of summer. In fact, I start my summer on March 1st. <laughs> You might as well. Just because I hate winter (laughs) so much. So I'm loving this beautiful weather we're having in the north. Uh, To our friends in the south, I know you've been hot uh, nonstop since uh, you were born. Uh, But just let us enjoy this time of year, won't you? Uh, Jay, I wanted to start the show today with a a gentleman named Gordon Wayne, a young man who was just accepted into law school at the University of Georgia. He has quite an amazing story uh, that sort of went viral this week. Uh, he's gotten a lot of national pub, and we want to do the same and give him uh, some pats on the back and a, a tip of the hat. Gordon Wayne, in 2020, was a homeless high school student in Virginia. And he uh, went to somehow went to community college, and from there he earned a full academic scholarship to Boston College. He wow. walked... Now, this, this part of the story did get a little publicity back in 2020. Uh, he walked to campus in 2020 from his home in Virginia, or his hometown, rather, because he was homeless, uh, to Boston College for his freshman year. Uh, well, I guess it would have been his sophomore year. It was after his first year of community college. Don't know how many credits actually challenged, so let's just call it his freshman year. And he walked for 16 days, 551 miles, in the August heat from Virginia to Boston College to start his uh, academic career at BC, he walked to raise awareness for homelessness. And uh, it, it was funded by uh, or supported by a GoFundMe page, which raised over $182,000. All of that money went directly to the National Alliance to End Homelessness. And uh, just this past May, he graduated from Boston College. So we congratulate Gordon for, A, graduating Boston College in, in three years after earning a full academic scholarship after being homeless himself. All his efforts to raise awareness and funds for homelessness and uh, a final congratulations to the fact that he was just accepted to law school at the University of Georgia. Isn't that an amazing story? It's an amazing story. And, you know, you and I know that uh, these stories that have just emanate from someone's determination are just so inspiring because there's so many things you may be wanting to do in your life and you just need someone to show you, hey, it's inspiration and perspiration. And then the rest is up to you. It it really is inspirational. And you know, maybe he didn't set out and say, I'm going to take this effort to raise, uh, you know, $200,000 for homelessness. That wasn't his goal. He was just wanting to raise a little awareness and um, 
pay it forward, um, walk to school, walk 16 days. He, he slept in a tent. He had a backpack. He stayed only a few nights in a hotel with money he saved himself. So at worst, if not $1 was raised, I'm sure he would say it was still worth it to do that and spend 16 days walking to start his career at Boston College, uh, even if the rest didn't happen. If he just graduated and maybe didn't go to law school, it still would have been worth it. But the stars aligned, and uh, the story went viral enough that some real significant dollar amounts were raised, uh, and media outlets across the country, including this one, uh, are still talking about it. So I'm sure if you uh, Google, the sto- Google the story, his name is Gordon Wayne. I'm sure the GoFundMe is still available also uh, online at GoFundMe.com. Gordon, or is it GoFundMe.org? That might be a .org. Either way, if you search GoFundMe, you'll find their homepage, and then just search Gordon Wayne Homelessness, and you'll find that account to donate yourself if you'd like to. So, yes, congratulations, Gordon, uh, and congratulations to all the Gordons out there that we never talk about. I mean, there are hundreds of thousands, maybe maybe millions of stories of individuals who take it upon themselves to do just one little thing, even if it's all it does is raise awareness to one other person, all the way up to going viral and raising hundreds of thousands of dollars. There are a lot of people that need to be congratulated for the amount of effort they put into trying to make this planet a better place. Absolutely. You are correct about that. And speaking of a better place, we talked about we're heading into uh, a time of the year, sort of our favorite. And yes, you, you raise a great point, Adam. If you live in the South, the deep South, you may say to yourself, man, it's been hot since March. So I don't know what you guys are talking about. But uh, I think we live in a, in a part of the world you'd call the great Midwest. And we have certainly enjoyed the fact that we've had uh, a relatively mild winter that uh, we all managed to get through. And now we're heading into to what's been an extraordinary spring and just you know summertime is a time just to enjoy life anyway but as we head into june a couple of key dates in june one of them being father's day june 18th so kind of an important date i know we've talked about your dad before on the airwaves and uh, it's a good time to to honor that guy that sometimes is the unsung hero in your family. You know, I'm biased because I am a father, but it might be the most important day of the year. <laughs> See, I like that. Well, you asked me one time, what do you do during Father's Day? And I just sit back in my recliner and just let the gifts pour over me as I'm adored by my uh, two children. I, yeah, I, uh, they just go crazy with the gifts and the uh, outpouring, and it's it's just the best time of the year. I I tried to instill in my children that it was the most important day of the year, and that the gift giving should be bigger and better than Christmas uh, and birthdays <laughs> combined. But it just you know what it didn't I didn't do a good job conveying that message. Uh, it is a nice day in our family, um, and uh, you know I I do I do hear from the the women in my family that they feel that we get a better deal having Father's Day in mid-June rather than a Mother's Day in early May. Because hmm. early May in the north during early spring, you, you've got a lot, there's a higher chance of rain and a higher chance that it's not going to be uh, 80 degrees and a, maybe a 100% chance that your pool is not open. 
or ready. Oh. So there's just not the poolside American grill-out, cookout nature of, of a Father's Day that happens on a Mother's Day. So while you do have the tr- traditional Mother's Day lunch, it's probably raining and cold on the way to it. And Father's Day is usually just gorgeous, 80 degrees, and sunny. So we apologize part of, to, uh, to the mothers out there that, that we're getting a better day probably. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. It's part of the PR movement for Father's Day. So we're kidding around a little bit. But, yes, if you have an important father in your life, please let him know how much you appreciate him. And uh, for all new fathers and everything, it's uh, – kind of part of the tradition so uh, enjoy it adam you know, was talking- I, I hate to interrupt we will oh, highlight sure. we will highlight um uh oh my do you hear that i'm getting a phone call oh <laughs> i have a simple- see it's it's your kids calling you to wish you happy father's day they're asking me what i want for father's day uh, i just uh <laughs> sent it to voicemail okay so i think i think this year on the list i put uh you know, cryptocurrency, you know, because I just like to give them several items to select from, you know, T-shirt, good, not bad. Cryptocurrency, that uh, could be even better. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm expanding the pool of gifts. Here's what I want for Father's Day. I want someone to show me how to set my iPhone up so that I don't get beeps <laughs> when I'm recording a radio show. Uh, what I was going to say was uh, that in a few weeks on actual Father's Day weekend, I'll, uh, I'm sure we'll have a couple stories of some uh, inspirational fathers that are uh, among us. Yes, absolutely. Uh, This is, uh, as Adam pointed out, you know, there's an unofficial yet also official start of summer. I've always said the official start of summer is good and bad. Good in that it kicks off most people's favorite season, but just a little bit bad because that is the day where you have the highest incident of sun, meaning the sun will be up in the sky for the very highest that day. And Adam has pointed out that when you have daylight savings time in your area, it can be light well after nine o'clock and you can get out and enjoy those outdoor activities. But the days start getting, or at least the incident of sunlight keeps getting a little shorter after this official day, and it falls on June 21st. So right around this time of year, we're getting the most sun. That's when you need to be most aware with the SPF and your sunscreen. So just keep that in mind as you, you know, even if you're not going to the beach or the pool uh, or spending hours outside, if you have just any sort of activity where you're outside and you have skin exposed, uh, that that should be, you know, it should be covered with some sort of protection. Yeah. And then, as you said, while it would be more difficult, not impossible, you could actually get sunburned after seven o'clock at night, you know. Uh, So, yes, be aware that uh, with this amount of sun that you really do have to do the protection thing. And uh, we've always encouraged people on this show, hey, don't be afraid of the nerd factor, the big sun hat. That's a fashion statement. Don't let anybody shame you when you're protecting your head and your neck. It's really not. Uh, you can take. You can have some fun with it too, if you like to dress up. I I bought a hat uh, a few trips ago. I bought a hat that that I would have I would have never worn this hat at a younger age. It's kind of a. It's the kind of hat you'd see someone wear in the in the mid nineteen sixties, um, with a Hawaiian shirt and some khaki suit pants, um, 
on, on smoking a cigar in South Miami. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a kind. It's like a. It's not a fedora, but it, it is, I guess, a fedora like made out of straw, but with a big bill all the way around. And I bought it to cover my face and forehead and the back of my neck. And I wear that sucker all the time. I don't care how stupid I look. Uh, I I wear it. It's a fashion statement now, and it's protecting my skin. So doggone it. I highly encourage doing the same thing. Get yourself a big That's right. hat, Jay, and, and wear it with pride. <laughs> this is the Big Stupid Hat Show, and we're telling you that it looks good on you. <laughs> and your neck will appreciate it, yes, and your dermatologist will thank you as well. And uh, kind of an interesting note this week, the final show of what became kind of a phenomena, despite the fact there were only three official seasons, but this is the end of the Ted Lasso show, mm-hmm. yes, I. So I didn't, I, I didn't know if you were a fan or not, uh, but uh, I'm a pre-fan, meaning everyone in my life has told me to watch it. Uh, I did finally just get Apple TV, uh, and I, it's on my list. I will binge that sucker soon. Um, we are looking forward to watching it, and everybody I know watched the series finale and loved it. Um, yes, I thought you were so, going to say so. No spoilers. I, I uh, well, the fourth I, and final season of this the series finale of Succession was just out too, and yes, I love uh, that show. I, that I was, show is highly rated as well. So into that show and and the series finale. For those of you that that are uh, like my daughters are each watching one is in season two and the other one's in season three. So I absolutely appreciate that uh, people listening haven't e- even started season one yet or. Don't want any spoilers about anything with the series finale. Trust me, you're in good hands. I will not say a word. Uh, I am just well, sad to know that Succession is over because that was such a good show. Yeah, I know. Such a good show. A show that uh, took a while to get back into production, uh, mostly because the people that were in it were very busy. But a show that uh, Adam uh, turned me on to is coming back to HBO now max it's called max not hbo it's like why yeah why change that name you know because hbo was never a successful streaming service was it It, it, it's truly let's get off on this side tangent here about marketing and branding (laughs) it's truly mind-boggling that hbo named their streaming service hbo max to me that's mind-boggling that they did that even in the first place because hbo uh, bought and or owned the movie channel called Cinemax. And and Cinemax themselves, maybe because of the viewers, just started calling it Max for short. Right. And all their promos between the movies would say M-A-X, M-A, you know, Max, Max, coming up on Max or next on Max. And so now just to use that one syllable sound in in the streaming service was confusing to me. HBO Max. It made it sound like okay, this is a combination of HBO and Cinemax. Now, of the two choices, they ditch HBO and just go with Max. <laughs> so, Great. Oh no, so I'm with it's you. Like okay, this all I think of when I go to this streaming service now is that this is the Cinemax streaming service. Why why wouldn't they just stick with HBO? You're absolutely <laughs> right. I don't well. Get it. And- And is HBO not arguably one of the most famous names in all of television production? In fact, they were the first ones to create the outside of primetime network uh, series shows like The Sopranos and other great shows. 
And not only the first original programming for, the, for that type of movie channel, they were the first movie channel. I mean, I yes. remember in 1977, I think, going to a friend's house, and they had HBO. And I remember I was blown away that they were, I think they were watching Superman with Christopher Reeve. Mm-hmm. And it was on their television in their living room, and I was blown away. And I remember years later, probably 84, when I was 14, and we finally got cable and I had HBO. I was like, ah, oh, this is HBO. I remember that. <laughs> so HBO has such a history, and they changed it from HBO Max to Max. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. Okay. Yeah, so anyway. the, second, the second you had HBO, you were like the king of your neighborhood, weren't you? Yes. <laughs> that was great. But at any rate, uh, they are bringing back a show called The Righteous. Ge- what is it? The Righteous Gemstones? That's it. The Righteous Gemstones. Yeah, Righteous Gemstones with uh, John Goodman. And, and one of uh, an actor that I would have never have enjoyed his work if you hadn't uh, sh- shown me what a tremendous man he is. Uh, is it Danny Powers uh, or uh, Danny McBride? Danny McBride. He, he yeah, played Kenny Powers the first time. I Kenny heard Powers. Yes. Uh, another HBO <laughs> streaming uh, um, show is uh, Eastbound and Down with uh, Danny McBride. He is a uh, he's a character. He's a great character actor. You've seen you've seen him in a thousand things. Um, and yeah, he's, he's one of the stars of righteous gemstones. And I know we have a lot of listeners that listen while they're getting ready for church or on their way to church. And this show does not count as going to church. It is a show about tele tele evangelism. Uh, so this, this for our friends that wonder if, you know, when you're going to church, does this count? Like if you go to a wedding, if you go to a Catholic wedding and there's a service, does that count as your going to church obligation or not well if you ask my mom that doesn't count Uh, (laughs) if you ask me it counts i can tell you though if you watch righteous gemstones that does not count as going to church i'm with you during the catholic service there is some kneeling involved and i feel like you should get some bonus points you know if the wedding takes almost an hour that that should count as church absolutely it should a brand new study is out and said that uh memory loss with aging could be curbed with regular use of multivitamins cognitive aging is a top health concern for older adults and they were saying the reason why this is exciting news is multivitamins are both accessible and affordable but with everything in this world you should check with your physician but that is interesting that something that seems relatively low tech might be very helpful in just cognitive memory loss that's good to know. You know, I'm 53 at the moment, and uh, there are times where I forget why I walked in a room. Oh, so, yes. So uh, that's good to know. Yeah, affordable and easily accessible. If there's anything that could help, uh, check it out with your doctor and, and see what it does for you. We're always excited when uh, NFL players, other sports uh care you know other sports uh athletes lend themselves to charities but as we are doing this program a number of bengals players are participating uh in a charity called chip in for charity golf event that helps the lighthouse youth and family services of northern kentucky and cincinnati and uh 
you know, once again, we've always talked about golf outings, a lot of fun and even more fun when you can get some of these sports guys involved. Ironically, a number of NFL players are absolutely dreadful golfers. So I appreciate the fact that they're going to go out on the links, whack the ball around, probably mostly into the woods, but it's all going to be for charity. I've done a lot of golf tournaments with a lot of NFL players, and you're right. They, it's, it's, it's very it's, – it's encouraging to me to know that there, there's no way I could play in the NFL – but there's it's it's the encouragement comes from knowing there's no way they're going to beat me on this golf course today. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they're so terrible at it. Uh, so however, I will doing say that. there's a few of them though. You know, they're six foot four and have the torque. I mean, they can drive off the tee if they can keep it straight. It's going almost four hundred yards. Yes, and you do want to if you can. Uh, the setup for this is. Uh, you're foursome. You enter into the golf tournament. That's where part of the money generating occurs. And you are paired with a local celebrity or an NFL player. If you get an NFL player, ironically, guys like punters have more spare time on their hands. Uh, and they're used, they have good muscle memory. They're not bad golfers. Uh, anybody in, you know, in, in the pro skills area, like wide receivers, quarterbacks, those guys are much better golfers. If you're like me, you'll probably get a defensive tackle who can't even get his arms to touch the ground because they're so big. <laughs> they're so huge. They're so strong. And it's funny to watch a guy, six foot six, 310 pounds, to make a, a death qualifying contact with the ball. I mean, if it was any part of a human on, on the tee, they would be dead from the speed of that club head coming around, the force of it hitting the ball, and then watching the ball go 20 yards and then be, with a top spin just go straight down <laughs> into the ground and roll five feet, and they end up driving the ball about 25 yards. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, you know, while you're talking about golf outings in this time of year and how nice it is, uh, this is uh, something that we we touch on on this program constantly about how to combine your entertainment with your charitable giving. Uh, whether you go to a a charity uh, auction, uh, you can you can have a nice evening out with your with your loved one, uh, with your spouse. Go to a charity dinner, bid on some items. All of a sudden, you've got some great piece to put in your basement, and a charity made some money on it too. Uh, the same with golf outings. This time of year, if you like to golf. Uh, even if you're not a great golfer, but you enjoy it, a golf outing is a great way to combine your love of uh, a summer activity with a social situation, being able to go out and hang out with some great people, and raise money for a great cause. Your oh, registration absolutely. fee for your foursome goes to run the golf outing and to the charity that is involved with it. So I highly encourage at some point this summer, look for a golf outing near you and uh, get some buddies and uh, and sign up for it and raise some money for a good uh, good cause and have a great time with your friends. Well, and here's the pro tip. Adam's totally correct about that. And we haven't been to a golf outing yet that didn't involve pretty good food. Usually somebody that does great barbecue or great casual food ends up being the caterer for the event. And I have yet to see one where I've left uh, hungry. Yeah, there's great. There's always a banquet. You know, they they usually have some prizes for longest drive, longest putt, uh, best score, best net score. Even the worst team will get a prize. And then oh, there's sure. even a raffle. Like you could buy ten raffle tickets. All that money goes to charity. 
and then they pull out a raffle ticket. You might walk home with a gift basket from a local uh, merchant that's full of some great items that you can use yourself or give away. Uh, golf outings are fantastic. Yeah, we can't say enough about them. Here's a, an airline that is going to be asking passengers to step on the scale before boarding the aircraft. This is happening with Air New Zealand. So for most of our listeners, they won't encounter this unless they happen to be in the opposite hemisphere. Uh, but it's apparently part of New Zealand's Civil Aviation Authority, which is asking customers to be weighed on flights. Uh, through this summer, officials are justifying the reason by saying we weigh everything that goes into the aircraft anyway, from cargo to meals on board to the amount of fuel. So why not weigh the passengers? Okay. Now, I think a lot of people might feel a little self-conscious, you know, but apparently they are uh, assuring uh, citizens that uh, the airline uh, says that no one can see the number on the scale, not even the airline employees, and that each passenger's weight will be completely anonymous. Are they applying a, uh, a cost? Will people that weigh more have to pay more? Well, it's not saying anything about that. I think one of the things, I will tell you this from knowing a thing or two about aviation, you probably know this, is that when uh, American, most American air carriers put passengers up in the sky, they assign an approximate weight to every passenger on board. And most do not charge more for larger passengers, but they do take that into effect. In fact, uh, some of the air carriers that uh, take NFL teams, let's say, to places have to account for the greater weight of those athletes. So there's already sort of a, an approximate weight assigned to you anyway, whether you knew that or not. And believe it or not, your approximate weight uh, goes up 20 pounds in the wintertime because of all the extra stuff that you carry with you in the wintertime, uh, like your coat and et cetera. The coat, yes, snow boots. I thought you were going to say my, my winter weight goes up approximately 20 pounds because of Thanksgiving. <laughs> Uh, because in, in football you, you, season. anything post-Lent for you is not going to be good. Yeah, you know, I can see uh, th- that's that's a valid point. That if you're if you're weighing every suitcase and it can't be over fifty pounds, then uh, you should probably know how much each person person weighs so that you can do an, a tally, a total, and right. then I, I suppose that at some point there will be a time where. You know, the smaller people, just by bad luck, if every small person in uh, New Zealand didn't get on that plane and everybody that, that got on a, a commercial flight, 200 passengers, all of them are at the like the smallest one is 6'4", 230, then there might have to be some questions like, OK, sure. we are overweight by – 7,000 pounds or whatever the number is, What then what's the protocol? Are they going to start asking for uh, people to bump and, like, they'll give you a free flight to anywhere in the continental area if uh, if you wait or take a later flight? Because definitely, if I'm on the plane, I don't care if I'm the biggest one. If, if, if weight is an issue and this plane is not going to be safe 30,000 feet in the air, then I'll, hey, bump me. Bump me off the plane. I'll take the next one. Yeah, I think that's a mature way to look at it. You know, we're going through a time period, and I, I say this 
uh, with pride. You know, right now we've had an extraordinary safety record in the air travel world over the past 10 years. And part of that is the fact that the airline industry is being very uh, careful in its maintenance procedures and in its actual air procedures. And one of them is to not fly airplanes over their recommended weight. Well, Jay, as we wrap up the show, we've got about a minute here. I want to say an anonymous thank you to a gentleman. The last flight I took, now keep in mind uh, for visuals here, I'm a pretty big guy. I'm 6'3", 225. And the guy that sat next to me on this plane was 6'5", 300. Big dude. And he and I shared the armrest between us like we were in concert. Yeah. It was almost like we choreographed it. Like when I I would go high, he would go low, then I would go narrow, and he would go, he would take the whole thing, then he would go narrow, and I'd take the whole thing. Uh, it was an unspoken language. I didn't get his name. We didn't even speak to each other. He had headphones on the whole time. I was asleep the whole time. But uh, I think that's the kind of teamwork we need on airplanes to keep stress levels down. <laughs> I totally Just agree. take it easy on on the uh, the armrest. Uh, and I've seen two little people fight over an armrest before, sure. let alone two big guys. So there's my, uh, I guess that's the, if you take one thing away from this public service announcement, public affairs radio show, be, be kind when you share the armrest between you uh, and the next person on an airplane. All right, Jay, thank you so much uh, for your insights. We'll talk again next week. We'll prepare for the fi- the big Father's Day show is right around the corner. So let's each yeah. have a, a father to highlight, some uh, some charitable effort or a father, inspirational father to highlight on, on that episode. Thank you for joining us. You can hear this in a replay or any of our past episodes in podcast form on our website, adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at Vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit AdamRitzShow.com. 